Celtic Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm your host, Justin Poole, and joining me, as always, John Duke. And John, the last time we uh, talked, it was just the day after Christmas. It was still 2018, and we were pointing at the fences for our second attempt at this Celtics team will come together on this road trip. And yet, they go one and two, a Rockets loss, a Grizzlies win, and then another loss to the Spurs, where the Spurs kind of came back in the second half and especially the fourth quarter and steal that one away from the Celtics. Since then, though, a three-game homestand and a three-game winning streak before they kind of hit the road again after a matchup against the Pacers tonight. We'll get to our predictions later for the week ahead. But as we look back at 2018, now just literally the last week of 2018, um, you know, what are you seeing from this team? Because Gordon Hayward obviously had a couple of big performances, um, seems to be playing better. And I'll be honest with you, I've only been able to keep my peripheral vision on this team thanks to a nasty cold that I'm just kicking now. And obviously spending family with, uh, spending time with family at the holidays. So, you know, this is going to be the show where John tells me everything that's going on with the Celtics. <laughs> this is the show. John's actually right. <laughs> no debate, everybody. <laughs> that's no hilarious. Debate. That sounds right, John. That's what are you talking right, about? Justin. We're always agreeing. They're going to go three and oh this week. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. I, you know, I, yeah, I, I, that road trip was really disappointing. We, we, you know, we kind of captured after the Philly win, uh, you know, things were looking good, but they had three tough games. And, and I think even in retrospect, now when we look back at Houston, Memphis and, and the Spurs, less so Memphis, but Houston and the Spurs really have been playing some tremendous basketball since then. Uh, maybe not so much for the Spurs tonight against Houston, but Houston really Harden is just at another level right now. Uh, and, and so in some ways you kind of look back and say, okay, those teams Wait, hold on. are ready to is go. He, is he getting four steps? Is that the deal now? He's getting, he's getting all the steps, man. He's got more <laughs> steps than a, than a cha-cha class. I mean, he's all over the place, but look, he's good. He's hitting everything. He's creating. He doesn't have Chris Paul. I mean, the guy is the MVP in my mind, clearly far and away. It's, it's, it's without question. Do I like watching him play? Hell no, but it's just what it is. You know, it's funny. We didn't record after the new year and. You know, in a way, I'm kind of glad we didn't because it would have been a pretty dour show if we had. But so you get three wins in a row at home, Memphis, you know, Minnesota, Dallas, and Brooklyn. You know, in Brooklyn, hey, they're they're a playoff team in the East right now. They had been playing well, although they didn't have great players. Dallas has has looked spry. Uh, certainly, Doncic, you know, brought some some entertainment. And Minnesota actually has been playing well since the trade of Butler. So you know, I don't think those were dog games. And I just think right now the Celtics have seemingly found a little bit of a form formula of who they are and how they want to fit. And I think that's the biggest takeaway of these three games is they're finally getting comfortable. I and mean, there were games against loser teams early in the season where they just didn't know who individual each player was. Jalen didn't know who he was. Even Kyrie didn't know who he was. You know, and it's, I think it's just taken this time, whether it's from, uh, you know, players just getting comfortable within the season, but also between having some injuries and having Horford out and Morris out and, you know, different guys, uh, even Kyrie here with the scratched eye, thanks to, uh, uh, Bellinelli there in the Spurs game, those opportunities have given guys a chance to just get 
couple more games of a few more minutes than they needed. I think that's kind of helped everyone kind of fall into place. Now we're going to see, I think, and, and I thought offensively, they're starting to round into the team we're expecting. Defensively, not quite there. Once Baines returns, I think we're going to see a lot more in that regard. But it's going to be, we got a big game coming up tonight against Indiana. To me, that's a, that's a, though we may not have, uh, you know, Indiana may not have all that they're uh, going to bring. It doesn't look like Miles Turner is going to be uh, playing uh, in that game. I think this is a great opportunity for the Celtics to kind of put a mark down. They're five games back of first, you know, and they're fifth place. It's not out of reach. They got to make it's, a run. Yeah, they got to make a run, but it's really not that far out of reach. Would be great to close out the homestand with one more win, go four and zero, then hit the road and maybe, as you mentioned, make some statements in Florida. It's not like you know all the way. It's not a West Coast trip like we talked about. You know, heading out of the holiday that we were kind of hoping, or I should say, in between Christmas and New Year's. So certainly they could make their run and and plenty of season left. A lot of people say this is when the season begins. So they could definitely get on a hot streak. Even Milwaukee could cool off a little bit. Toronto did. Uh, they were on a super hot streak. Now they, I wouldn't say they cooled off, but they've leveled out a little bit. They're not just trouncing teams. They lost their grip on first place there for a little while. And, you know, that's, uh, whether they reestablish it or not, I guess we'll find out. But I will say this. Uh, I think the minutes distribution from what I've seen in the box score, not so much with my own eyes, yeah. that the minutes have really been distributed nicely. I mean, I know Terry's typically been the loser in that case when Kyrie is healthy, but not always. The play of Marcus Smart, the need for leadership in the locker room and defense out on the floor and maybe a little less offensive touch needs in that starting lineup has definitely given Marcus the minutes over Terry. But certainly if they were struggling to get offense, it might be flipping the other way. You just never know. But I think Brad has also figured out how to distribute these minutes. The benefit of this team or the benefit of the build of this team was so that they could go deep and so that they could rest people and so that they could keep the minutes down. And yeah, there's been a few injuries here and there and guys have missed games, but not enough to put them in at the disadvantage that they were last year in terms of injuries um, and elevating players. So yes, I agree that the injuries have given players the opportunity to get themselves right and find their roles. But I think Brad's kind of figuring it out too. And guys need regular time on the floor. It's great when you see, you know, the top four or five guys, six guys, seven guys, you know, typically, or I should say top seven guys really getting 20 plus minutes a night. I think that's where you want to land. And I think that's where this team needs to land. And then you play matchups with a Daniel Tice or you give somebody else minutes when somebody's injured, et cetera. But your top seven, you, you want to see that minutes distribution. And, and hopefully that will, I mean, you can't do anything about a scratch die, but hopefully that'll help you know, the knee flare-up issues with Horford. They could pick and choose which opponents they rest him against. And somebody like Tice would be ready because he's getting regular minutes because Horford minutes are down. Maybe it's not flaring up. I just feel like they need to manage it. And where they are five games behind, I kind of don't care, to be honest with you. I think they just need to finish in the top four. And if they do finish in the top four, I'm pretty happy with that. And I think that's more than reasonable and they can keep these guys in good condition. Also, Hayward needs to continue playing on this hot streak because that's a big, big difference maker for this team. Yeah, no, I, that's absolutely true. And and you look at – it's kind of funny. You look at where they are right now in terms of, you know, in the standings, like I said, five games back, fifth in the East. Um, I don't feel any 
I don't know that I feel any differently about them in terms of their potential. I think I feel differently about them in terms of what they've done. But to me, their potential still exists as a very high, uh, high ceiling team. And, and it's certainly they haven't scratched that. And you look at some of the advanced numbers right now. I mean, Pythagorean wins, you know, basically taking their, um, you know, what their expected wins are based upon what they're scoring and what they're allowing. They're third in the league. Second yeah, the differential is amazing. With their differential their record, yeah, right. I mean, they're second in margin of victory. I mean, they're they're tenth in offensive rating, fourth in defensive rating. They're they're picking their pace up, you know, to a great degree. They're hitting their threes finally. I mean, the, everything other than getting to the free throw line, it it all kind of falls into place. And if you bring Baines in and you can add that. You know, they, look, those games on the West Coast, whether it's you want to look at what Aldridge did, you want to look at, at <laughs> somewhat Nene. Any, any team they play with a big man where the whole Gasol. team is fairly well-rounded, I mean, that right. was the big issue. Right. They seem to have Minnesota's number. That's the one I always worry about. But, yeah. you know, Minnesota's still kind of out of sorts, and the rest of the team <laughs> can't quite, you know, get it done, even though – you get some big games from the big man there, but yeah. how high do you think the team can get? Do you really think that they can overtake first place? I mean, you said five games. If they get hot a little bit, they can really make a play for that first seed. We've seen yeah. teams do it, you know, especially even just from that, like just before the all-star break, you know, heading into April run, teams have been known to really climb the standings, but do you think they can make that? You know, like you said, with all those predictions, do you have faith in that? And the team is, you know, really couldn't go down, and they're only five games out. So with all this room for improvement, I mean, do you think we're looking back in April and they're in the one or two spot, or do you feel like Milwaukee and Toronto got a pretty good grip on it? You know, it's it's a good question. I mean, I, ter- Toronto has played at, at a tremendous level. All all four of the teams ahead of Boston, uh, at least in terms of the standings, have been, you know, have really, I think, probably outperformed projections. You know, even if you thought going into the season – well, Toronto is going to be pretty good. You know, I don't think anyone thought they'd be on a seven, 72% win percentage pace. You know, I don't think anyone thought they were going to be at that level this soon. You know, I, I think that they've outperformed a little bit of what we expected from them. So the question is, do they, do they crash to earth a little bit? Um, I think the injury, you know, what do you want to call it? Do you want to call Kawhi's, you know, sitting down? Is that injury or is that maintenance? Um, you know, apart from that, Toronto really hasn't had, well, Valanchunas, I guess, would be the big injury they've had. Milwaukee hasn't really had that, that, that kind of bad stretch. I mean, being without Horford, being without Kyrie, I mean, the Celtics have had a little bit, of, been bitten by that injury bug. Really didn't have any big men to speak of outside of Daniel Tice for a couple nights. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a, a known weak run. point from the beginning, right? So Absolutely. We'll be Absolutely. talking about this one all the way through the postseason. That's kind of the big question mark. But when Horford's healthy, they seem to be able to neutralize the guys that they need to. As a reminder, you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore tweet live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke and the entire CLNS media network at CLNS media. Facebook.com slash CLNS fans and download the CLNS media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. The YouTube channel, youtube.com slash CLNS Media for high definition, full length locker room interviews, the garden report, the round table, and yours truly, Celtic Stuff Live. So, John, 
Um, we talked about climbing the standings a little bit. We talked about those other teams, maybe possibly, you know, overperforming, but really it led us to the same conversation that we've wondered, you know, this is the roster makeup and that, you know, do they have the man in the middle? And you said from the very beginning of the season that Aaron's Baines should have been in the starting lineup, at least for certain matchups. The injury has hurt them, no doubt. And he has shown some toughness in those plays. But don't you think that will reintroduce? I mean, we just talked about is this team found itself. Then there's this other side of it. You introduce Baines, it has a big impact on the minutes again, and maybe the team loses itself, even though Baines may be what they need in the middle for that particular piece of the equation. Does it unravel the rest of the equation? Yeah, that, that, watching that game, uh, the Nets game, you know, I, that was where my mind was going is, you know, it feels like they've just got it together. Not so much Bane's participation, but, you know, if it, it can be un, if it takes, if it was that difficult to pull together, it seems like it'd be that easy to come undone. And so, you know, you worry about that. Even, you know, looking at Mook Morris's minutes, you know, I mean, he wasn't, you know, he was doing what Mook does, hitting open shots and, and rebounding. I mean, a key member of what the Celtics need right now. Uh, but it did feel like they had one too many. So you add institute, you know, you add Baines into that. Now do they have two too many? It's hard to say, you know, does Tice, you know, fall out of the rotation? There were some good minutes there from Yabaselli, you know, on the road there. Uh, so it's, yeah, I, I don't know that Baines undoes it, but people have to be more able to be mentally tough to provide what they've been providing in fewer minutes. And that's going to be the challenge of this team is once everyone, once they're fully constituted, can they continue this run, continue to understand who they are, what they bring to the floor, how they contribute to winning as a team. You know, I think Jason Tatum has been, and Jalen Brown, we two guys we talked about a lot in the last couple of weeks. Really throwing Jaylen a big Brown. goose egg for most of I mean, I don't want to, I don't yeah. want to criticize him too much. I don't want to mean a goose egg. That's too harsh, but no. neither, neither player, you know, really showing the same performance they did to close out last season. Um, young players looking to find their way. Now, other than injury, though, they've gotten regular minutes in every single game, even if Jalen did move to the bench. But I think the deal with the fully fully healthy scenario and Baines coming back is some of these guys are going to get have to get used to some nights off, you know, some DNPs, coach's decision. You know, they're going to have to deal with reduced minutes, less than, you know, maybe around the five or six mark, even though they've been getting this high, you know, teens, even in the low 20s during this stretch. And, you know, that can definitely mess with people's, you know, kind of rhythm. And Jalen and, and Jason, though, that's not their excuse. This is a whole different path of conversation, whereas guys like Terry could really suffer that. Yeah, you're right. You feel like those two guys shouldn't fall off the face of the earth. Uh and I think that the gains they've made, particularly Jalen, I've just been really impressed with the way that Jalen has, uh, whether he's talking about the Houston game or the San, you know, he has really, I think, thrust himself into that position of, you know, he's even making plays, you know, he's, he's, he, a couple, I thought last night, you know, we're recording this, uh, you know, here on, on, uh, Tuesday, um, I thought in that game against, Brooklyn was really a good evidence, uh, evidentiary piece to show why Jalen Brown has grown and why Jalen Brown has become a better player. Because early part of this year, 
he was missing. I mean, he missed shots in that game, easy shots, shots that he's been hitting for the last two weeks, shots that make you say he's getting it. He's missing those shots. And he was missing those shots early part of the year. But the early part of the year, he'd shut down and he'd be a complete waste. This game, he didn't become a waste. He stayed engaged, stayed involved, drove and found guys. He, he was dishing as he's, as he's coming into the basket. And that's that, ev- that evolutionary growth that Jalen has to show. Um, you know, he was making plays. J- Jason Tatum making plays off the bounce. I mean, those types of things just make this team really grow. And I think we've seen Tatum take a little bit more of that playmaking role. And I, and it really does help this whole offense kind of grow instead of trying to, you know, dribble to create his own shot. He's driving and creating and which will eventually then open up those lanes for him to drive score or drive and get to the line. I yeah. still want to see more of that, but I think both guys are starting to see that development in creating opportunities for others. That's to me, them doing that makes it a little bit easier to move to a guy like Mook to the bench. Mook's been great. Don't want to throw him away. But all I'm saying is he still feels to me like the piece that they need to be able to do without. Well, they have to because of the whole contractual thing. But just to kind of – let's hit that when we come back from the, the commercial break in a second. But to wrap everything you just said up in a nice little bow, in the offseason we heard about all the things that Tatum and Brown were doing to improve their game. And I'm sure that passing was somewhat part of that. But in sort of those offseason workouts where you're not really playing a lot of five-on-five five with guys necessarily, they're all at the NBA level playing at the NBA pace – right? You're looking at more of like adding things to your individual game. And so I think part of what might've happened was when they were first coming out of the season, they're trying to work those individual pieces of their game into a bigger team puzzle. And what you just said is younger guys, especially fall into that trap because there's still so much they're trying to do to establish their own individual identity. I think what you're saying is they bought into the team thing. They're making place for other players. And that's really a much more mature development aspect that is coming to to bear for these young players. And I think if that continues, you're right. This team will only benefit because they're playing like guys that are in their late 20s instead of their early 20s or 19s. So there you go. Hey, Boston sports fans, do you want to get killer seats to see your favorite team for the price of a beer or a large pizza? Tired of paying for all those inflated markups from brokers with their last-minute convenience charges? Yeah, you know those. You pay them, and then you end up getting those nosebleed seats. Go to one in 100co That's O-N-E-I-N-0-0.co. Feeling lucky? Give it a try. There's no other place online that's doing raffles to win tickets to events. And it's a totally new way to score tickets to the Boston Celtics and your other favorite events. The cost to potentially win these tickets with one in 100 is a small fraction of the actual ticket price. You can score a pair of tickets for less than the cost of a beer. Your first raffle ticket is free after signing up, and the experience of using one in 100 is extremely fun and exciting, from picking your lucky number to the feeling of potentially scoring premium tickets. Feeling lucky? Try it out. One in 100.co. That's O-N-E-I-N-0-1-0-0 dot C-O. And Robinhood, an investing app. It lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos 
all commission-free. This non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time is giving you true confidence. I have friends that have been encouraging me to invest in cryptocurrencies, and now I've finally done it with Robinhood's easy-to-use app. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every single trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. You can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Learn how to invest as well while you build your portfolio. You can discover new stocks and track favorite companies with a personalized news feed, and there's custom notifications for price movements, so you never miss the right moment to invest. Hood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up today at CelticStuff.RobinHood.com. That's CelticStuff.RobinHood.com. So, John, I think we were going to talk about Morris and kind of how that all plays out. On the one hand, I really do like Hayward and Brown coming off the bench, um, and I like Brown's aggressiveness, and I think it's helping build this confidence. So let's say this. If you are going to demote Morris because you know long-term, that's what the team is going to end up having to live with. And so you want to promote, you can only promote one of those dudes, man. Which one, which, which one are you promoting to the starting lineup? I no, Yeah. I, I think the issue is rebounding, man. You know, like I think that's the biggest bugaboo right now in the Celtics roster is rebounding. Uh, Morris is the one guy that you trust to get those boards. But I think at the end of games, I think Tatum can get those boards, right? If, if he can, if he can be there, you feel much better about the Suggs chances. Um, but I think in the long run, I, I would probably keep the lineup as is because I think Morris will be easier to move to the bench when you put Baines in and slide Horford over against those big man lineups. But I think if I'm promoting one of those young guys or, or someone on the bench, I think it's Hayward actually. I think Hayward has just been phenomenal on all sides of it. Passing, shooting, rebounding. Um, he's, he's not yet there in terms of the explosion at the basket. I think we saw against the Nets, they were prepared for it and game planning him to, to know that he was not going to be able to shoot or make an awkward pass. They're playing an awkward shot and playing him to pass. But to me, Hayward, I think, is ready to make that step pretty soon of going to going to become the starter. If anybody on that bench, I think he's the one that's most ready to step into that spot. It makes sense, too, because even though the playmaking aspect is really nice on that second unit, so is Jalen Brown's aggressiveness to the hole. And I think Jalen would really benefit from being able to be more ball dominant on offense. I mean, we always see the effort, not always the proper decision making or quite the anticipation on defense, but definitely a strong defensive committed player. And, you know, when he's in the groove and when he's doing it, he can be one of the top defenders in the league for that given night. But offensively, you know, this is a guy that if he was on another team would and would be in the starting lineup would likely get a lot of touches and really be able to, sort of be ball dominant and explore that aspect of his game. I think it also would encourage him to become that playmaker. So if you take Hayward out and you put him in the starting lineup, what we've seen from Brown, he's only going to be asked to do more in that second unit, especially if they're going to let him be ball dominant and try to create shots for himself. I think long-term, that's actually the best thing for Jalen Brown, and I think he could buy into it too. I think if positioned properly, you know, he could ride that storm even into next season after Morris is most likely gone and not re-signed. Brown would still be willing to accept that role because it's the best position for him to grow his game. And if it winds up that the Celtics can't, 
you know, re-sign him. They can't do whatever. You know, he's going to have a chance to really showcase his talents instead of getting lost amongst all of the very prime talent in that starting lineup. So, and I also think that Hayward's more than willing to take a step back offensively. And I think that Kyrie at times is going to want to go ahead and say, Hey, hey, Gordon, go get those 36 again for me. You know, I, I can't shoulder the load tonight. I just think the balance is better. Yeah. I mean, look, I think Hayward has to be, has to continue to be aggressive consistently. And, and I think that's the next step in his progression. But Jalen, Jalen's growth, like you said, finding an incubator from that is, is really important for the Celtics. And, you know, we're, we're doing this assuming there isn't some sort of wild, crazy trade that, that takes, you know, it brings Anthony Davis to town. So aside from that, what's the best, you know, step forward? And you're right. I think you build an opportunity for Jalen to create to do more with the ball, to create more of those opportunities and, and create shots for himself. That's where his offense is going to grow from. You know, he can do the stands up, you know, uh, you know, spot up jumpers. And that's wild. That's very important. But him to be able to create his own offense, to play make a little bit, to create shots for others through his incredible athleticism or even just working his baseline fadeaway jumper and how he creates distance from the defender to get his shot off and build that confidence. He's not, you know, he's definitely added a lot of very it's footwork. It's how he sets up the shot. The footwork this year in some of those ISO scenarios is looking much better. But unfortunately when most of his role in the starting lineup is to park out in the corner for a three or wait, you know, he's just not going to yeah. be in those ISO scenarios enough for him to take what he learned in the off season and apply it. And that's why it's just such a great fit in that second unit. Because yeah. if you really do like, again, in that, I, I, uh, the ISO, if you do look at his footwork, it's not just that he elevates, which is a big part of it because he is such a leaper, even from the set. Um, it, a lot of it has to do with just, Almost, I don't want to say Harden, but the same way Harden creates just that extra space for his release on his shot, Jalen's obviously trying to do something similar. He still goes higher more than he leans back uh, because he can, but it's just the way he sets it up. He gets like a half step to a full step away from the defender as he's going up, and really they can't get a hand in, in his face. Yeah, I think it's, you know, to me it's about when he's playing fluidly and when he's playing from instinct as opposed to playing – um, you know, kind of robotically, you know, there's times you do catch him where he's, you feel like, okay, I need to do this, then this, then this, as opposed to just kind of freely feeling that and just integrating that into how he's moving. And I'm just glad that he's made these steps. Uh, I'm sick and tired of hearing guys like Bill Simmons talk about how we need to trade him away for a bag of basketballs. I mean, as, as late as a week ago, you know, Bill had a, had a, had a, a podcast where he and Kevin O'Connor and, you know, obviously they're talking about the league, but they talk about the Celtics because both guys obviously know the Celtics fairly well or should in Bill's case. And, you know, he spends the whole time ripping on Jalen Brown, how, you know, basically his, his trade value is nothing and they need to get rid of him. You know, he and Rozier for Aaron Gordon. Like, what the hell are you talking about, man? I mean, it's just, that's the, you know, that's just, the mindset of these people, it's so short-sighted. I mean, he was a guy who put 30 points up in the playoffs last year. He was one of their leading scorers through that playoff run. He was this close. Maybe make a three or two and they get to the NBA Finals. So slow your roll. They had a couple, they had some, a bad first month. Jalen has 
more than rebounded here in December and January. And I think he's going to continue to finish the year strong and build <laughs> off of these, these sort of things. But Bill Simmons, give me a break, dude. I mean, come on. It's been a while. It's been a while since you crapped on Bill Simmons, but I know you guys are best friends on Twitter. So, so tight, so tight. Yeah. I mean, you're like, you know, <sighs> it, it, he favorites, it, he favorites everything you type. Yeah, right. Yeah. If he hadn't blocked me, yes, he would have done that. I'm telling you, if you haven't listened to it, don't. Um, it's terrible. It's just, it's terrible. Like it's, everything's wrong. I mean, I'm sure Kevin O'Connor carries that episode, you know, but oh, it is kind of Kevin, funny though. Hey, hey, hey and let's trying. say, and let's say this for Kevin, right? Like just a couple of years ago, he's just writing for Celtics blog. And now, you know, I mean, come on. What a, what a, what an acknowledgement for somebody. I mean, come on, let's, let's be real. Like if I know the two of you broke up, you and Simmons and you know, it's a whole different ball of wax for him, but in the early days, you know, that's what we all wanted to be, right? You and I have been doing this for what, 14 years, almost 15 years, something crazy like that. You know, we've been doing this a long time. So back in the day, it was like, Hey, I want to get to that place. Um, we probably soured on him by 2007 though, right? Is that the deal? Is that when it was? Before. 2004? Like, no, no, no. Start, oh yeah. Did, did you hate Bill Simmons from the start of Celtic Stuff Live? Yeah, yeah. Since Bill, Celtic Stuff Live got off the full ground, absolutely. I lost, he lost me around 03, 02, 03, somewhere in there. Yeah, it, it wasn't long. In the before he started days. writing articles about the Red Sox winning the World Series. Yeah, now I can die in peace. There was something, uh, there was something in that, in that Pedro era. Towards the end of Pedro that, that really started to get under your skin, huh? Before, when he, yeah. Well, when he wrote the book on basketball, you know, as if he's the only one capable of with his half brain, half ass theories about how things go. I know it's kind of controversial. I know it's hot takey to take on the quote unquote pod god, but my, oh, by the way, you and I have been doing this longer than he has. Our bank accounts do not show that we put the time in before he did, but you know, come on, let's not act like he invented the podcasting format. Let's, it's a little nuts. So no, you're right. You're right. It should definitely be, uh, you know, the official guide on podcasting by Celtic Stuff Live. Exactly. Thank you. We, we Thank do you. it every week. We do it every week. Every week. We've been here for 14 years. <laughs> We've lasted longer than many marriages. Okay. It's, it's what we do. And we're just here and pretty soon Celtic Stuff Live will be old enough to drive, you know, there, there are. And, and, True, and there are so many. There are just as many Celtics podcasts now as there are years that we've been doing this, dude. There are more Celtics podcasts than there are years we've been doing this. There are <laughs> everybody's got a podcast. I think my kids have a Celtics podcast. It's it's insane. And, Actually, and, they did do one of our podcasts, and they did. So there you go. Yeah, and and and, and speaking of longevity. One of our own, John Corrales, is now a, a fully credentialed beat writer now. So the, those of us still on this side of things, it's it's a pretty small number of us who were who are there. Hold on, the hold on, hold on. Salad days. We were credentialed before John Corrales by twelve years. Yes, all right. Yes, so, but he's so, a beat writer. I'm saying, like, he's, I, no, dude, he's you, gonna, I can't he's believe you just did that to me. I'm no, not trying to. I'm not trying I'm, to. I'm not trying to put the harm on Corrales because I know. You know, he kind of got the blacklist for a while and he's dug out of it now. And, you know, he, he got where he wanted to go. And so believe me, I, no harm on Corrales at all. Even if they did copycat our podcast, you know, they were number two. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But, but, but please do not diminish the efforts 
of one Eric Weiss and Jeff Clark and Justin Poole and getting those credentials secured long, long ago. I, I don't, I don't I think it's about I credentials. I don't think it's about credentials, Justin. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's so okay. It's all right. I know. I, all I was saying is it's great that uh, whatever, he gets into the ranks. Good you know, for him. This was going to be your show. This was going to be the show, like you said, where you were going to be right all the whole time. Don't get all sensitive. sensitive. It's okay. Sensitive. I'm not sensitive. It's okay. All right. You this know. is over. This is over. <laughs> <laughs> this should have been in the outtakes. We've already outtaked it. Normally we end the show. and Maybe the outtake Look, will be our predictions for I, the week. I will say that? that they saved – they did – they did steal the Rain and Jays thing. I mean, look, John and Justin have been and doing Jim a podcast. And JB. And JB Mets before, you know, and, and, you know, Rain and Jays. I mean, you know, come on. Come on, man. What are we doing out here, man? Come on. Come on. They even changed the name of one of their co-hosts to have a J in it. Sam Jam Packard. God love you. I mean, Jam it's Packard. just. Come on. <laughs> It's it's a hard life being a pod god. That's all I'm saying. It's a hard life. People don't know. People don't know. The fame, the glitz, the glamour. I got TMZ out in front of the house. It's crazy. It's this crazy. broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media Mobile app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember, blah, 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 you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. For staff writer, is his name Samuel Elias? Sammy. Sir. Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host, John Duke. I'm Justin Poulin. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live. You know what, dude? We didn't do the predictions, so no, I'm serious. We the did the outtake. outtake. We did the outtake before. Yeah, right. So we're going to do our predictions in yeah. the outtake, right? Yeah, it's a little flipperoo, flipperoo. Right. Right, right. Okay, here, I have a piece of paper here. It says there's three games on tap three before games. we come up again. We've got Indiana tonight. Yes. Or in your world on the other side of the screen tomorrow night. Tonight. And then, <laughs> and then Thursday night. So it's a back-to-back, but it's a home and away. They head down to Florida for a matchup on TNT against the Heat Thursday. And then a day off, and they uh take the short trip to Orlando for a Saturday game on the road. So based on recent events, I'm going to say they go uh, 2-0. Oh. Screw it. 3-0. Three games. They go 2-0 in oh three games. And TBD. I'm just, I'm just getting over the cold. The antibiotics are getting to my head. Sure. Right. <laughs> That's what it is. Oh, man. Um, yeah, yeah. Three and oh, man. I don't, look, the Miami thing, I worry about the second half of the back in the back, but I like going to Miami without having a whole lot of time to go see what Miami's got yeah, to offer. Without you know going to Miami. Right? Absolutely. Right? So you go to Miami, you know, you're in, you're out, and then you head to Orlando. Saturday night in Orlando could be tough. Maybe they stay in Miami for an extra day rather than go to Orlando. I don't know. Who knows? I think you're right. I think three and zero. I think they they win this Indiana game. I think they start 
to kind of put the stamp down because you look at this, this East, uh, you know, this, um, schedule in, in, in January, they've got, you know, I don't want to say they could run the, the whole month because they do have Golden State on the 26th, but there's a lot of winnable games, a lot of in-conference games. Yeah. And, and Cousins, Cousins may be coming back on the 18th. Yeah. So, you know, That'd that would definitely be a, an interesting game changing type scenario for Golden State, but it would, it would be, listen, let's put it this way. We asked a question earlier. We're going to say three and oh, and then we're going to wrap the show. But the one thing I will say is earlier we said, you know, can they close that gap? Can they climb up? Can they get into right. the top two seeds? And the answer is January has to go pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I'd say if they close two games in distance, they get that from five down to three that they're trending properly. If they can have it down to one or two games by March, I like their chances. I mean, the problem is they only have, they got one more game with Milwaukee. That's at Milwaukee. And I think two more against Toronto. It's like they play Toronto next week. I don't think they play Toronto again. I think that's it. So they've only got one more game each with Milwaukee. And, oh, no, excuse me. They have two more with Toronto. So they have two more with Toronto, one more with Milwaukee, and that's it. So it's, you know, they, they gotta do, they gotta hope for help at that point. You know, I'm not worried about Philly. I think they'll pass Philly. It's just when you're talking about four or five games to make up, even if you have 40 games to do it, that's a lot. You know what I mean? It is, but that's a a lot to make up. But they they can play that much better. And, And again, all it takes is a couple injuries. You know, what happens when, you know, you get to April, it, it, it could be interesting. So, all right. I think they just got to get – the whole point is to me, just they got to get to the top two or three. Avoid one and four, one, four, and five. If you get in two and three, then you only have two hard series. If you're if you're in four – if one, four, and five – or if you're in four and five, you get three hard series. So you got to get to the top three and then let the chips fall. Okay. That's, that's, the, that's the goal. Good deal. I'm with you. And Tankathon, dude, we're, 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 we're two to, we need Sacramento, start losing for Christ's sakes. They're 20 and 20. Forget it. We're not talking about the draft until the draft. It's, it's coming. Memphis is right now, it's going to convey ninth pick in the draft. Ninth pick. It's going right. to happen. We'll Table see. it. Table it. There's only one topic for the outtakes, dude. Oh, we could do it. We could do whatever we want. No, that's the rule. That's the rule. The rule, there's a rule? Yeah, there's a rule. Is there a bylaw on this? Yep. Yep. There's a bylaw. <laughs> there's a bylaw.